Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Geno's Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Groot Niblink. I'll be your host today. Today, I've got my boys. I've got Binksy here. I've got Hutch here, ready to talk fantasy hockey again after a brief hiatus. We couldn't stay away too, too long. We are uh, all fresh off some Game 7 heartbreak, so please be kind to us uh, in your reviews. Um, But we are still here for the people. We're pushing through the pain at this point. Um, Hutch, how are you feeling? We'll start with you. How are you feeling after Game 7? Man, I'm doing okay. I... uh... I, I mean, obviously, you and I are used to this. Um, it's it's a lot easier to push past uh, to push past that type of pain. Uh, this year was different. This year felt a lot different. I don't feel angry at anybody. Um, it just hurt, you know. Yeah. It, it was just it just the the cards didn't fall the right way. Um, you can you can pick out specific moments that if they had just gone slightly differently would have changed the entire series it was so close Mm -hmm. and it was yeah just just sad but i I, i'm okay today i'm doing okay and by the way john this is not to taunt you oh this is is, uh come on dude that's just how i'm who i'm going for now (laughs) well you know secretly um they were always who I've been going for. Um, I actually, in my my playoff predictions, predicted the Stars to lose in four games, and they definitely would have if it had not been for Otter just playing out of his mind. So um, I'm hiding the tears and and sipping beers. Um, <laughs> you know, shout out to a historic um, Game 7 performance by Otter. Um, super stoked for him, you know, going into the future for the team. Uh, I kind of saw it. Um, written in the sand all season long with his performance last year and, and the way the goalies were shaken out this year. But I don't, I didn't expect that. And um, I don't think anybody expected that at all. So, um, you know, I'm going to put him away, let you guys see my pain. But um, yeah, yeah watch, you're, you're watching, wound, your wound is fresher. I just, I just remembered that <laughs> I, I realized that our, uh, uh, I didn't describe. I am wearing a Johnny Gaudreau Calgary jersey for all the audio <laughs> listeners, uh, which is which are most of you. I'm uh, I'm wearing a Spezza Stars jersey so I can commiserate with both oh, you that's, and I. That's um, so kind. So I, I went into it thinking of you. I guess you didn't do the same. Thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. I literally I said to my wife upstairs. I was like, I hope John doesn't think I'm like trying to shit on him right now. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that uh, the Flames are going to win it, but um, but they're definitely who I'm rooting for at this point, for sure. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, why don't we get into what we have planned for this episode here? So today we're just going to go through some of our drafts, um, kind of see where we are at at the beginning of this past uh, fantasy season, see all the ridiculous things we did and all the smart things we did, pat ourselves on the back a little bit here or there as well. Everybody loves to do that, and we'll try to give you guys uh, listening some sort of takeaway, some actionable advice, something we learned this year uh, while we do it. So why don't you go ahead and get us started here, Hutch? Uh, what team are you going to go with here? Uh, so I'll start. Um, actually, I, I think the one to highlight is probably the uh, the Apples and Genos Patron League. I think that's the most uh, uh, the one that we talked about the most. Uh, Nate and I were both in this, obviously. Um 
so uh, the league was a 12-team league, uh, a bangers-cats league, with uh, nine categories, goals, assists, power play points, shots on goal, hits, blocks, saves, wins, and save percentage. Uh, so I picked sixth overall. And, and going into my drafts this year, I, I mean, I used um, – I was a big value over replacement uh I'm a, I'm a big value over replacement type of type of guy. Um, and, and I use that. I use that when I make my picks. Uh, but this year I, I actually use Dom decisions as a model from the athletic. Um, and, uh, I, I set my, my pre draft rankings based on that. Um, so that informed a lot of my decisions. That being said, um, when there were a bunch of players that were close or when I had positional need, um, I kind of just, I, I, I made, I made my own gut decisions as well. Um, so at sixth overall, I somehow got Austin Matthews. Uh, I believe the, the, the guy that picked third picked Artemi Panarin, Artemi Panarin. And I remember that was like, that was a big surprise for everybody. <laughs> so especially uh, in bangers cats, especially yeah. in bangers cats. Yeah. So, th- so uh, as soon as that happened, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting either dry settle Matthews or Kucherov. That's amazing. And then I ended up getting Matthews. So that was, uh, that was fantastic. Um, so obviously that worked out very well for me. Um, he uh, ranked second um, at the, in terms of end of season rankings. And we all know the story. He's, Hart Trophy nominee um, at this point. I don't know. We don't know whether or not he's won or not. Um, he had 60 goals, 46 assists, led the league in shots, um, hit a little bit more this year. He hit a lot in the playoffs, but that didn't, I mean, that didn't factor into my to my fantasy season. But uh, <laughs> he uh, just had a monster year. So that that worked out really well for me, but a little bit of luck there for sure. Um, with my second pick at 19th overall, I got Alex Debrinkit, um, just to, to, uh, rack up the goals. Um, it, that was, that was kind of my idea there. He was available. I was like, if I, if I get these two, um, I'm probably going to be winning a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of goal, um, matchups, uh, most weeks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's he's great for goals, shots, and hits. Debrinket, that's that's one thing that I think is underrated about Debrinket because he's so sure. little, and something that you don't you you don't really think about uh, when you think of Debrinket. But he actually hits a fair bit. He had 101 hits this year, so um, that's uh, that's an underrated stat. He ended up working out really well. Um, ended up ranking 25th at the end of the season. Um, his preseason ranking was 20 26th, so it wasn't really that much of a reach. Uh, to take him at 19th um this is where uh so this league was really interesting uh and it was unlike anything that i've ever seen before and it was i mean i kind of expected for this league to be a very zero g a a lot of people to take the (laughs) zero g strategy um but this was another level like this this was we're leaving every goalie until the very end of the draft so i felt like I would capitalize on this and take goalies at their actual value because no one is reaching for goalies in this league. So I took Hellebuck at 30th, mostly because the players around, in my opinion, uh, the players that were still available at that point 
I wasn't super excited about any of them. I will talk a little bit of about the players that were available in a second. But his preseason rank was 31st. Um, and he's he's a very high volume starter. That was my that was my thought. He's gonna get a ton of starts. Um, their backup was Eric Comrie. Um, and he did. He ended up uh he ended up playing Led most, the league, I think. Uh I think second most games played out of any okay. any goalie in the league. I, I believe UC Saros maybe had one ah, more yeah. start. Um, so he had, he ended up with 29 wins at nine ten save percentage and he ranked 53rd at the end of the year. So a down season for him, but it actually wasn't that bad, but there were weeks where I, I mean, where he essentially lost me the goal, like my goalie categories because he was so bad. So <laughs> he was very, very, very up and down, but the, uh, some notable players that were picked after me in the same round were Gabe Landeskog, Steven Stamkos. Adam Fox and Roman Yossi. So a little bit of egg on my face there. So uh, I Sad will to get that goalie. Eh? I, uh, I'll definitely be listening to you next year. I, I I've been won over by the zero G uh, strategy for <laughs> sure. Um, that was a huge bummer. I, I mean, what, what, what would you have done bank in that situation? So in that situation, I, I actually went in uh, stark contrast to zero G um, last year, I, without even having a title or a theory behind it, just kind of my drafts led me to a zero G strategy. I ended up with Gibson and Jack Campbell and it worked out okay. Um, and then come crunch time, I had really poor performances from them. You know, they're so hot and cold as goalies are. Um, so this year I went in stark contrast to that and I actually hunted goalies um, and I went prime ones really, really early um, in the first and fourth round in a league. And um, it was beautiful. It worked out wonderfully all season long until it didn't because goalie's <laughs> going to goalie. Um, and I also had multiple eggs on my face. Um, so I, I can't be mad at you for the strategy. It's a strategy that I took and actually, um, you know, more aggressively. Um you know, in your short list of players that I ended up with, you know, I, I picked Landis Gog in that round. So, and it worked out wonderfully until he was hurt. So, you know, it's hockey, everybody gets hurt, but um, I'm, I'm heavily going to lean into zero G next year because my, my theory was, was perfect until it wasn't. Um, and that's, you know, that's the kind of the base level of zero G. So I think we both learned a lesson. Gabe Landeskog, I don't know why, but he's one of, do you know how you have those players that aren't, they're not bad players by any means, like they're great players, but you just don't ever draft them for, for one reason or another. Absolutely. He's, he's one of those guys for me. I don't know why, um, but I, I shy away from him or he just doesn't excite me. But, the, but then like, obviously, like if I'd taken him here, he probably would have brought me a lot more value. I don't, I don't really understand. I don't know what my bias is. I I'm biased the other way because he was a Kitchener Ranger. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, he was. He was a great Kitchener Ranger. Um, with my fourth pick at 43rd overall, I took Nikolai Ehlers. Um, I felt like that was a great pick. Uh, he was obviously marred by injuries this year, so that um, and marred by being on the Winnipeg Jets because uh, they were god awful. Um, and he had a he. So I reached a little bit for him. His rank in the preseason was 55th. Um, and at the end of season, he ended up 158th partially due to injury. Um, but 
there were points in the year where he played exceptionally well, especially down the stretch, and that helps me out a lot um, in my playoff matchups, um, mm-hmm. except for the last week where Winnipeg was supposed to play a lot of games on off nights, and they uh, got had a huge storm and got a game postponed. And anyways, we'll, we'll go into that at another time. <laughs> um, with my fifth pick, 54th overall, I took Alex Pietrangelo as my first defenseman. Um, his preseason rank was 46th, so I actually got him at pretty good value. Um, his end-of-season rank was 72nd. Again, um, I mean, I banked on Vegas playing really well and him playing a lot of minutes for them, and they just kind of stunk. So he uh, he had a bit of a down year, but still pretty steady for Pietrangelo. Um, but he's, he's an elite shot blocker. Um, he's a guy that um, in bangers cats leagues, I, I think holds a lot more value than he does in points leagues. Um, Cause while he does rack up the points, um, if, if you're including blocks, um, he gets a ton of those. He's also a high volume shooter. Um, they're not necessarily um, high danger shots or high danger scoring chances, but uh, he shoots, shoots the puck a lot. Um, with my sixth pick, this one hurts 67th overall. Uh, I took Jeff Petrie. Um, I really felt like his role was going to increase. I, I actually reached for him. Um, he had he was his preseason rank was 136. His ADP was much higher than that because I think a lot of people were banking on because of Montreal's Stanley Cup run. Um, he uh, that that he would play really well, and with Shea Weber being out, that he'd be the primary defenseman on on PP one, which he was. Um, they just ended up not being able to score at all, and he didn't score for months. Um, so I that that was that was really tough. Um, didn't work out for me. His end of season ranking was two hundred and twenty first. So that was that was not not good at all. Um, Tori Krug was my next pick at seventy eight. Uh, I reached for him a little bit as well, but again, uh, I felt like St. Louis was going to be a decent team, and he was going to play a huge role on the on their team. Um, another PP one guy, um, but he ended up just not having a great year. Ended up ironically, 200- St. Louis was great, but he wasn't. <laughs> he was not that great. Yeah, great offensively too. Um, so he and he was hurt too a little bit yeah. here and there, but. Uh, that uh, that really stung. I held on to him for probably way too long <laughs> during the <laughs> during the season too. Stuff and um, bangers, cats too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then Vinny Trocheck. This was I was so excited about this pick. I picked him in multiple leagues. Um, I picked him at ninety first. His preseason rank was one forty one. Um, his end of season rank was one hundred and one. Um, so pretty close to. Uh, pretty close to the value in terms of draft capital that, that I put in for him. Um, so I, I, I like Vinny Trocek. He's great for hits. Um, racks of the points. I didn't, I felt like he was going to score a little bit more this year. Um, but that, that uh, Carolina hurricanes, Rod Brindamore deployment is a, uh, is a weird, a weird thing. <laughs> Just running, running all lines and, and giving everyone this, beast, the sure. same amount of ice time. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to have Carolina Hurricanes, that's for sure. Especially if you're trying to rack up points. Uh, what do you guys think of Vinny Trocheck? I did the exact same thing. I got him yeah. um, in a mid to late round. Felt really good about it. Um, you know, I tried to stack Hurricanes this year. 
And Trocek is right in that in that place in the season where when he's playing poorly, you feel like he's droppable. And when he's playing well, you feel like he's tradable, but he's kind of neither. Um, mm. He's good enough to be on your roster all season long, but there's weeks to weeks where, especially with Brendan Moore in the, in the shuffle, where you just don't get what you expect out of him. And with that said, I'm going to draft him again next year. There's just so much value. He gives you so many things across the board that I'll never be mad at him, um, but I'm going to be mad at him, you know, on, on certain Monday mornings. <laughs> yeah i i feel like trocek is one of those guys it was the process was right the results weren't um especially in a bangers cats league like he should have been a multi-cat contributor getting him in the eighth round there um fun fact that was one spot in front of william nylander who you might have preferred to have <laughs> and root for all year <laughs> that uh, hurts but uh, was that you no it wasn't oh okay. no. Because you picked after me at like every other round, I think. Yeah, I think we were we were back to back for that round. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, why don't you run through the rest of your draft here? Real quick. All right, we'll do it quick. Uh, so this is, this is a big one. Uh, at uh, with my ninth pick, 101st overall, I got Brian Rust. Um, nice. I, I felt really good about Brian Rust. He's a guy that I drafted in multiple leagues. Um, just the fact that he was going to be stapled to Crosby all season as he normally is. Um, He's, I, I feel like he's just a safe late round pick and he had that stretch when he came back from from injury or covid or, or whatever it was where he he was scoring like two points a game for like a month uh so that was uh that ended up being really great for me um he was uh if you averaged out his statistics his end of season rank would have been 53rd um nice. if, if he had stayed on that pace for 82 games so uh he was really good for me at times. Uh, when he was healthy um number my 10th pick there's a lot of picks here I, I this league i my success uh was much due to people dropping players and me capitalizing <laughs> on those drops um and then just just getting lucky because there's some picks here that are pretty sketchy my 10th pick 115th i took patrick hornquist um who i mean i i felt like he was gonna play a bigger role uh, on Florida and he ended up just playing on the fourth line all year and was a healthy scratch at times. So that just, it just didn't work out. And I quickly, I think his first game, he played on the fourth line and had like 11 minutes vice time. And I was like, this is not, yeah. this is not, not, not working it. for me and on PP two as well. So yeah. I, I think I dropped him almost right away. Um, This is, this is the prime uh, zero G capitalization right here. At my 11th pick, 126 overall, I got Marc-Andre Fleury, which is probably the lowest that he was picked in any league in Yahoo Fantasy. <laughs> um, his, his preseason rank was 50, and I think he got picked like higher than that a lot of times. Um, I think people thought that Chicago was going to be a lot better than they were, and they just yeah. were not. Uh, they were terrible. He was great um, for uh, like despite his team in front of him being awful um, and then ended up getting, I, I kept him. There were times where I wanted to drop him, but I kept him because I was banking on him getting traded at the deadline and he did. So, um, and his end of season rank ended up being 80. So that was, that was great value for Mark Andre Fleury. Um, number 12, this was another good, good late round pick for me that worked out. It was Thomas Hurdle, um, 139th. Uh, wow. I wish I had. I wish I got Timo Meyer. 
Um, but Thomas Hurdle is a good consolation. Um, his pr- uh, preseason rank was 111th, and and he ended up 76th. So he had a great year overall. Um, him and Meyer were really hot to start the year. Um, but he's he's a great player. Um, gets hits too, so he's good in a banger, uh, banger cat league for sure. Um, just quickly, the last few, uh, Jake Mazen, I took him in the 13th round, didn't end up working out. Uh, Jared McCann, I was really high on Jared McCann, especially at the start of the year. I've harped on this a lot, um, but I felt like he was the type of player that had the skill set to be a top six guy and just never got the opportunity anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that he was in Seattle uh, and then at the start of the year was going to be their first line center because Yanni Gord was out um, and ended up kind of just being their first line center or winger for the rest of the year. Cause he was so good. Um, I, I really felt strongly about him and a lot of people I don't think did. So I got him at 163rd. Uh, his preseason rank was 393rd. So, <laughs> And uh, he ended up 145th, so I actually got even better value than than um, than what I drafted him at. So so that that was great. Uh, I didn't keep him all year. I think I streamed him in and out a few times, but uh, he he was uh, he was a good player for me. Fifteenth uh, over or uh, my fifteenth pick, 174th was Mike Smith. Uh, we all know about Mike Smith. Uh, he was quickly dropped. Uh, and 16th, uh, my 16th pick, I took Eric Carlson. So he was good when he was healthy at the start of the year. Um, he looked like he was going to have a resurgent year, but then he just got hurt as he normally does. So, uh, again, didn't really work out for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this was my draft in, in the ANG patron league. Uh, what do you guys think overall? How would you grade me based on that draft? I give it a B minus. Yeah, I give it a B minus. I don't, uh, I don't like the zero G that you ended up with, but um, hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, Helly could have been absolutely wonderful for you and ended up, you know, something like Markstrom did. It just, just didn't fall out that way. I think, um, I think betting on Winnipeg and Vegas was a perfectly fine bet preseason, yeah. and looks really, really ugly now. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, I, at this moment, I give it a B minus. I might have given it a A minus or a B plus to begin the season. Yeah, there's always a couple teams that are going to be uh, that look like they're going to be really good, and then they're they they just end up being stinkers. Like Chicago again is another one of those where like uh, I think people were really banking on them being at least like competing for a playoff spot, um, but yeah, that it did not turn out that way. Yeah, for me. Yeah, probably somewhere in that B minus range. The Matthews to bring it one two is really nice. Uh, Matthews at six was obviously a steal. Uh, arguably the best fantasy player this year, um, and especially in in bangers cats. Um, yeah, Ehlers was probably a little bit high. I was high on Ehlers uh, at the beginning of the season, but maybe not quite that high in the fourth round. Um, obviously. I didn't like Hellebuck in the third round. Um, the Petrie pick, I don't blame you. I took Petrie in some leagues as well. I had the same thought process. Um, Krug, a little bit high in the seventh round for somebody, a defenseman who doesn't hit. Um, so you're mm-hmm. really banking on a lot of uh, points out of him. Um, I feel like there were probably better options who supply similar things later. Mm-hmm. Um, Rust in the ninth is a home run. I I smashed Rust in a lot of places in, in uh, similar rounds this year, and he was great. Hurdle, same thing. 
really good pick down there. Um, so yeah, I think I think you had a few whiffs in kind of the mid range, but then you kind of brought it back with a few hits later on. Uh, you mentioned Flurry as well. Uh, Jared McCann was useful. So um, yeah, I think overall B minus. But uh, again, you you were first, you finished the league first on the season. So um, it goes to show that not everything is about the draft. You can certainly mm-hmm. uh, you certainly you can don't make have it work. to have an A plus draft to win a league or uh, finish first in a league. So um, I think some some good lessons we learned there for sure. All right, so now we're gonna jump into. Uh, one of my leagues here. I'm going to talk about my Cupful team. Um, so I played in Tier 6 of the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League. That's what <laughs> Cupful stands for. Um, no wonder they shortened that bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, it's a, basically it's a point setup. Guys over at Keeping Carlson run it. Um there's a whole tiered system. If you win your league, you move up in tiers for the following season. If you lose, you move down. Um, so you can kind of proceed all the way to the top of the pyramid and compete for ultimate fantasy hockey glory. It's a great a great event. There were 458 managers uh, last year, and I had a pretty good team. I ended up scoring uh, the sixth most points uh, in the regular season out of all 458 people. I was in tier six, so take that for uh, for what you will. I'll be up to I think tier four next year probably. Um, so maybe we'll get some better competition there, and uh, I'll be able to uh, try to reprise that role. Um, but just for the point setup, for your information, how Kakuffle does it, they've got a goal worth four point five, assist worth three, shot on goal is worth zero point five, block worth zero point five, hit worth zero point two five, and a shorthanded point is worth one. And on the goalie side. Wins are worth two, saves 0.35, goals against minus 1.5, shutouts worth two. This is actually a pretty forgiving goalie setup um, overall. Uh, so lots of goalies, um, streaming goalies for individual game starts was um, like guaranteed points um, for much of the season. And a lot of people uh, obviously abused that. Um, but it also made kind of the, uh, the heavy volume guys like Hellebuck was really good in this league even though he had a pretty subpar season just because of the sheer amount of volume he got um so uh, just kind of some context for you there so here's my draft um my first pick was david pasternak at six um, basically all the all the really top end guys that i want i had a clear top five uh, that i wanted to be in on mcdavid matthews mckinnon dry and Kucherov were my top mm-hmm. five, uh, and then I felt there was a pretty big teardrop. Um, Pasternak, uh, you know, I do my projections every year, and I plugged in the couple scoring settings, and Pasternak was the next guy up. Um, so that's basically the extent of how I made that decision. Um, I didn't feel great about it relative to the value that the guys in front of me got, but uh, it was what it was. And Pasternak started real slow, but he heated up. Um, for a fair bit, so uh, it wasn't terrible. It was not great uh, with my. I'm surprised he didn't take uh, Makar, with how high you were <laughs> yeah. on him. Um, so interestingly, because of the settings, um, Makar did not rent, was not the top ranked um, defenseman in oh. this point setup for me. Um, okay, 
we'll get to who was in uh, in another round here. I okay. got Alex Debrinkit in the second round, so similar to you, uh, Josh has nice thinking similar things. I love Debrinkit at twenty three, and he returned value for me there, just uh, pretty steady. Um, so Roman Yossi was actually the highest ranked Ooh. defenseman in my projections for Kakupful. Um, and I got him in the third round, 34th overall. And obviously I think we all know at this point what Roman Yossi did this season, 96 mm-hmm. points. That um, probably won you your league. It, it was a huge <laughs> contributing factor yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, doing it all down the stretch too and into the playoffs, the mm-hmm. fantasy playoffs was huge. Um, I took Shea Theodore uh, in the fourth round. Uh, he was obviously showed up pretty well in the point setup, uh, so I took him there in the fourth round. Uh, and I came back with third straight defenseman in the fifth round, Zach Wierenski, uh, at 62. And I actually, they run uh, with Kakupful. They have a, a few guys who do a great job. They gather all like ADP data across all of the tiers and they see who took anyone the highest or the lowest. That was the highest anyone took Wierenski in all of Kakupful. Um, and honestly, I was shocked when I saw that because I thought that he was really good value in the fifth round. And mm-hmm. he was, he scored on a 58 point pace while he was healthy, had a few injuries here and there, but uh, he was terrific. And I think that's pretty good value for a defenseman in the fifth round. Uh, in the sixth round, I got a really good one. I got Philip Forsberg in the sixth round. He's somebody I targeted in a lot of leagues. Um, he had always been, he had always showed up well. He always showed up well on advanced stats. And um, this was just the year that he went off. Uh, just happened to be this year, and he finally stayed healthy for a full year. And that's what you get. So sixth round, Philip Forsberg returned more like second or third round value. So that was obviously huge for my team. Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, first guy on this list that I actually dropped um, from my team in the seventh round. Uh, I did hold on to him. You listened to me on the pod. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I think I'd already dropped him by that point, to be honest. But um, yeah, I held him. He was hot early, um, so I was feeling really great about myself early on in the year. And then uh, he just kept tailing off and tailing off and... I thought he was going to turn around, and finally I had to drop him, and uh, I don't really regret it. Um, We'll see what my projections come out for him next year. He's going to be a really interesting study. I don't know how he goes from being so good and so good in advanced stats, too, to just falling completely off the face of the earth and not shooting the puck anymore. He he did have a good finish to the season, though. Because I ended up up rostering him in a different league uh, after I had told everyone to drop him because he stayed cold for a while and then heated back up. Uh, that was uh, that was post Jenner going to IR though, wasn't it? Could be. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the eighth round, Thomas Hurdle, who had a pretty solid season, benefiting a lot from Timo Meyer, hundred uh, seventh overall. And so I guess at this point, I'll turn it over to you, Banksy. Eight rounds in, how's this team looking? Who? Do you like my uh, Do you like my three D in a row rounds three through five strategy? Would you ever try something like that, or is that too crazy? That's uh, That's funny that you've pointed that question at me because I have been thinking about it since reviewing all of our drafts in the show notes. Um, I went on a D streak a little bit later, um, kind of slanted because of um, going goalies so much earlier in the first and fourth. That you know, obviously, you want to get point getters and forwards, and then I went to D men. Um, and I am 
noting like triple starring it for myself next year. Um, I seriously plan to go um, dual eligible forward, dual eligible forward. Um, and then just a slew of defensemen in like the three through eight round, probably four to five, just, you know, upper echelon defensemen because um, the value gets really, really wonky after about seven, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all took shots on a defenseman somewhere after the eighth round and felt good about them, but they just didn't pan out. And there's so many other value picks at forward that I'm seeing in these end of season and, and average end of season rankings where I'm like, God, if I would have taken that forward, if I had taken that center in that round, I would have been just dominant if I had had any other defenseman, it wouldn't have really mattered. So mm-hmm. that's, um, that's kind of wild to me that you just pointed that question at me because it was something that I was going to highlight just on my own. That's almost exactly what I would have said too. Um, I, I have had had years where I've gone early um, on defensemen because I think that the, um, the forwards that are, that get picked first, um, the first, there's like a, a group of like 10 to 15 that are like, cut and above like you need those guys on your team like you shouldn't uh, unless unless you're picking like kale mccarr in the first round or whatever um uh like those you you need one of those guys on your team after that the value over replacement uh in terms of uh, um forwards that you would pick late in a draft and defensemen um i i feel like if if you stack up on defensemen that are um uh, that have high value early in the draft. Um, it's going to be a lot easier for you to find forwards that are that will bring you a similar amount of value later on. So mm. um, I a hundred percent support that strategy. I use it. I use it a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important in points leagues, especially where you don't have that benefit in a bangers cats league, like the one yeah. uh, like apples and Geno's patron league. Um you can you can find Radko Gudis in the twelfth round, mm-hmm. and he's a really valuable player uh, in that setup. When you're in a points league, you need guys who are going to produce and produce consistently, or else it's just a never-ending cycle of man, I can't have this guy on my roster anymore. He's a black hole. Um, whoever that is, the guy playing power play two for some random team. Damn you, Tyson Berry. <laughs> <laughs> or just Tyson Berry. Uh, so anyway, I'll get through the back half of this team a little faster because uh, most of these guys ended up dropping anyway. Uh, number uh, 118, the ninth round, I took Sam Bennett. Uh, I did hold on to Sam Bennett the entire year. He was high in my projections. Uh, started out the year with his tail on fire. Did tail off a bit towards the back half of the year. Um, just honestly, I think some bad shooting luck. I don't think it was anything he was doing. Um, and then kind of had a solid last couple of weeks to help me uh, in my playoffs. Anthony Mantha, I took a shot in the 10th round, 135th overall. I dropped him pretty fast. Same with Brendan Gallagher, 11th round, 146th overall. Ouch. Yeah. Um, these were guys that I was kind of anticipating would at least get me some peripherals and be solid pieces. Um, but it didn't happen, and I was not too sad to see them go. Um, once you get into the double-digit rounds, I think um, you're just taking shots on guys you think could have a little bit of a a little bit of a breakout year or or uh, just a high variance year, even where they get a bunch of goals to go in. 
even if you can get somebody who gets hot for the beginning of the season um, and then move off them as soon as they cool off, that's kind of what you're looking at in, in the double-digit rounds, especially in a 14-team league like this. Uh, in the 12th round, I got Frederick Anderson, uh, 163rd overall, which is pretty that's wild. That's unreal. Um, I think this is probably due to uh, maybe that same Dom Lucision sheet, which absolutely destroyed Anderson. I think he was like goalie 28 or something in, in Dom's sheet. Um, so I think a lot of couple managers are in on that and uh, didn't want him. And I was staring at him in the 12th round. I was fully prepared to go to the 17th and 18th rounds in this draft and pick like with the 230th and whatever picks to pick my last two goalies there and just to make the point. Um, but with but he was there. there in the 12th round and yeah. there wasn't anybody there that I was dying to have anyway. Uh, so I took Frederick Anderson. I got a month into the season and I flipped him for Mark Shifley. Um, so that was my, my goalie pick, my first goalie pick in the 12th round. Um, from then on, it was just a bunch of guys that I dropped almost immediately. Kirby Doc, uh, 13th round, Oliver Wallstrom, 14th round, Ricard Raquel, 15th round, Jacob Slavin, uh, 16th round, uh, uh Binksy's guy, Anton Kudobin in the 17th round. <laughs> oh, I uh, took him in a, in one league too, actually yeah. late. I thought he was going to be a solid option. Uh, yeah. We were hearing that uh, Ben Bishop uh, wasn't coming back. I thought, you know, it'll be Holpe and it'll be Kudobin. I thought Kudobin could be the better part of that tandem because I have no faith in Holpe whatsoever. So I thought it was worth a shot in the 17th round. Turns out I dropped him almost immediately and moved on. But um, And then last, I got Tyler Myers in the 18th round. I believe that was only because Vancouver had a pretty solid week one schedule, and mm -hmm. I just wanted to have him for that. So um, that's my draft. Uh, give me a rank. What do I get? What's what's my what's my grade, teacher? It, it's good, man. I, I, I really like the front half of your draft. Um, I, I think it's exceptional. The Philip Forsberg pick, amazing. Obviously, Roman Yossi. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I supported Debrinket with your second pick. I did the exact same thing, and he ended up working out um, for me. Um, and Thomas Hurdle as well, very very similar. Uh, later, a later pick um, mm -hmm. that uh, brought a lot of value. The back half, obviously, it's harder. It's harder to to hit on on guys there. Um, a lot of those spots ended up end up being streamer spots. My question for you is. You, I, well, you definitely held on to Wallstrom the longest out of all these guys. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm predicting. Um, how, how long did it take you to figure out or to accept the fact that Tross was just never going to play this guy enough minutes? That is a really good question. I, well, the Islanders had such a terrible schedule uh, at the beginning of the year too. Oh yeah, that I'm they like never played. Sure that I moved on real fast. Let me yeah, see. that makes sense. He was literally my first drop. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> October I wrong, 7th, I dropped Oliver Wallstrom. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't let my, my love blind me there too much. <laughs> I, uh, I moved on when the writing was on the wall. All right. Let's keep this thing moving. Let's get over to Banksy. Let's see what you got for us, buddy. Okay, so this is uh, my Borica Betacuda, which I named for. Uh, I actually drafted this in in Puerto Rico in the rainforest, which is a pretty what? cool draft story. Yeah, um, I found an Airbnb in the rainforest uh, that had Wi-Fi, so oh, I managed awesome. to uh, please my wife and also please the fantasy gods. 
Uh, so this league's called the Big D Hockey League, named after uh, the double entendre of living in Dallas and us being uh, a bunch of dickheads, you know. Um, so it's a 12-team bangers cats. It's got a couple of wild categories in it. We do plus minus. We do shorthanded goals, and we do shutouts. Uh, and the reason we do that, um, we do have a couple of lower, uh, let's say, lower IQ players in the league. There's just two of them. <laughs> Um, we had some people leave uh, after the first year that were that were more hockey minded, um, and we wanted to give it a little bit more, a um, little bit more random variance to keep keep things a little bit more interesting. So, um, shout out to those two owners; they were actually super involved, um, and they really improved going through the year. But um, so I drafted sixth out of twelve. Um, and like I was saying before, I actually heavily slanted goalies. Um, I picked goalies in the first and fourth. So obviously with my sixth pick, I went Vasilevsky, um, ADP was five. I picked him at six preseason rank was five and the season value was 50. Um, yeah, it was a really, really hard trudge through like the last five weeks of the season. He just kind of fell off a cliff. Um, it was really disappointing in terms of my ranking going into the playoffs. Um, and it was very disappointing come playoff time. It's kind of a, a miracle that I went as far as I did with, with my goalies. Um, post that pick, Austin Matthews, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr. So literally, literally anybody pretty much. Um, the favorites went before him, but, but I was pretty heavily going to go goalie at six and, uh, and, and push my chips in the center. Um, cause there are a lot of zero G people in this league. So I was hoping to just, just dominate, um, five categories every week. And I really, really, really did. I had a lot of weeks where I went five, Oh, sub two, five, a shutout, you know, I just, you know, I would win five categories off top just based on the talent and the workload. Um, but as as Nate has alluded to and and spoken to uh, specifically, um, don't trust your goalies. Um, so uh, in the second round, um, I took who I think is an elite tier center um, and brought me that return that you're hoping to get. Uh, I took Sebastian Ajo. Um, that was the second pick of this a seventh pick of the second round, 19 overall, uh, ADP 18, preseason 17, end of season 21. So return me the same relative value you're expecting on a dominant team. Um, I was really happy with it. Uh, the player that I wanted right there was Mitch Marner, and I was able to swing for him later in the season, so all things worked out for me. Um, right behind it, um, Zibanejad, Barkov, and Brady Kachuk. So some some other value there in that league that in hindsight I might have been happier going with. Um, I kind of expected a couple of those players to be there um, 11 picks later, and they were not, obviously. Um, so in the third round, sixth in, in the third round, 30th overall, I went with Gabriel Landeskog, like we talked about before, um, 35 ADP. 43rd preseason rank and the season 76, but that has a lot to do with the knee injury. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you couple the stats that the Chushkin picked up over that time, it's probably closer to actual value. I'm not upset with the pick at all. I'm really happy with avalanche players. Um, I would do it again next year. He won't be a keeper for me because of the, the age um, and coming off a knee injury is a little bit scary, but um, I'm not mad at it at all. Uh, I wanted Matthew Kachuk at that round, 
uh, and I was able to swing a trade for him later in the season. So uh, again, it worked out for me, but um, hindsight, I would probably rather have gone with Maddie there. Also available and picked right afterwards to bring it Kaprizov and Bergeron. So um, looking back on it, I, I thought Dabrinkit was going to be there later. He was there later in the year before when I picked him. Um, I don't think you guys are are wrong to have picked him earlier at all. He's a phenomenal player and, and sneaky in, in the hits, like you mentioned. So um, I thought Landeskog was a good value, and I'd do it again. In the fourth round, I went with Freddie Anderson, and you're probably real wide-eyed at me considering where you got him. Um, <laughs> Worked I was, out. I was really, really high on him. Um, I was really, really high on the Canes in general. I'm still really high on the Canes. Um, And there wasn't another goalie in front of those two for me. So to be able to just cement five categories by the fourth round, I was, I was elated. I was super stoked. And um, he actually did return value for me, even with the injury closing out the season um, so he was 42 AB, ADP, 40 rank preseason, end of season 34. So super happy with it. Also picked in that round a little bit later, um, Igor, Lindholm, and Gaudreau. So, yeah. So, you know, even going with that strategy, looking back on it, I'm like, that's massive value that I could have taken mm-hmm. had I just waited on a goalie. Uh, moving into the fifth round, this is where I started that um, defensive pick that, that may have been better better slated earlier in the draft or later in the draft. I went with Tyson Berry. It really, really, really missed for me. Um, his end of season value, 365. Oh. I, I picked him at 54, his ADP 62, and his preseason ranking 61. Um I think we all know the Barry story. There's so much expectation with, with PP one on that team and it just didn't materialize. What hurts the worst picked right behind me, Roman Yossi also picked right after that JT Miller, Jason Robertson and Robey Hintz. Oh, (laughs) JT Miller would have been such gold in that league. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a big miss there for me. Um, it's definitely going to prompt me to move defense up. I'm still going to look for those, those types of opportunities, but I'm going to pick them sooner for sure. Uh, in seventh round, 78 overall, Sam Reinhardt, um, 81, ADP, 78 overall, end of season 57. Um, I was really wanting Nero Heskin in there. Um, you know, I, I tend to go defense, defense, defense. Um, I'm going to do it sooner next year for sure. Um, Picked directly after that, Perone. So, again, big, big value going somewhere else. Uh, the the dumb part is that I actually dropped him. Uh, I later, was going to so. ask, did you hold oh, on no. until the last part of the season where you got <laughs> No, no, I didn't. I dropped him ah. uh, really, really early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dropped him really, really early because of a player that I uh, drafted here in a couple of rounds. So I'll talk about that more in a second. Well, and he played on the third round or the third line uh, a lot of the year too. So if you were seeing that and he wasn't producing right right away, you'd be like, oh. I, uh, I, had, uh, I had two shares on that team and I kept the other share and it, and it bit me pretty hard. Um, so eighth round, I went with uh, Willie Nylander. Whew, phen- phenomenal pick. Um, got him at 91. ADP was 96. Preseason rank 109. 
end of season 72. Um, it was the perfect pick. There was no one Very else nice. of note picked in there. Um, it was a phenomenal value, and I'd do it again two rounds earlier. Like, I'd be happy picking him in the seventh, you know, fifth and the seventh. Um, noting I, I didn't skip my six-round pick, y'all. I didn't have one. I uh, traded it the year before. So um, this one kind of hurt. Uh, in the ninth round, at 102 overall, I picked Dvorak for the same reason you picked Petrie. It was mm -hmm. what looked to be a good team in a great situation. Um, I reached for him, ADP 168. I picked him at 102. Um, mm -hmm. Preseason ranking 357, and I thought I was I thought I was a smart dude. End of season rank 491. So, Not even uh, those faceoffs could save you, huh? No, nothing. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is going to be great. I had used him the year before. I thought phenomenal value, going to be in a better situation. Big, big miss. Right behind it, Zach Berenski. Arguably a worse situation. <laughs> Turned out to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That one hurt. I, I had honestly put that one out of my mind until reviewing it. Um, so, and I was, he was the player I wanted in that round. It was, it was ugly. So drafted behind him, Berenski, Tarasenko, and Taylor Hall. You can, Oof. you know, you can grade those how you want to. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to add Zach Berensky, uh when someone in a bad situation in that part of the season had to drop him because of injury. So uh, I managed to, to turn that one around, but it still hurts looking back on. Uh, 10th round, I went for Hagee. He is the reason that I dropped Reinhardt. Looking back, I really wish that I had dropped for Hagee instead. Um, you're getting into a bit of streamer territory on the players behind it with exception to uh, Devon Taves. Um, had I had him, I would have been really set at defense. So um, I'm wishing that I had him there. It didn't pan out for me, but I, I think the the basis behind it was strong. He played really well in the playoffs in the first round. I was really hoping that that was going to happen during the season and during the fantasy playoffs, and it did not. Um, he was a stalwart on my uh, on my drop list this year, in, <laughs> and it took me a minute to actually do it. Uh, I got a phenomenal value in the 11th round. Uh, I picked Tony D. Um, there was a lot of buzz That's about what pick. was going to happen with him and, you know, his mental attitude after lying about not being him on Twitter and chewing out a fan mm -hmm. and getting kicked out of the team and et cetera. Um, ADP was 20 picks after that. Um, preseason ranking was 100 picks after that, over 100. Um, he returned relative value there at, at 152 at the end of the season. Um, I was able to flip him into Kachuk earlier in the season. So I took his um, early season race um, and turned it into value that I needed later. So uh, it was a phenomenal pick for me. That uh, was the round where Rust went for me. So, um, again, going defense earlier is definitely going to be something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, so pretty quickly after that, um, connect me in the next round. Um, I expected him to kind of explode. I think a lot of people did um, based on on previous seasons, um, you know, upward spike. And the Flyers were just terrible. I moved on really, really quickly from him. Yeah. Um, my value Trocheck pick was in the 13th round. Um, amazingly enough, there were better value picks in that round. Oh, um, Chris yeah. Kreider, eh? 
Ryder, Forsberg, and Jack Hughes went bang, bang, wow. bang after that oh, pick. So boy, um, you know, I, like I said, it's hard. It's hard to feel bad about rostering Trocheck, but um, there were some huge, huge values in there that were mm-hmm. that were better served for sure. I don't think anybody saw Kreider coming, but you know, Forsberg uh, with the injury leading into this season popped him down a few rounds, and and Jack Hughes is is finally the monster that uh, the the Devils and the rest of us were betting on. So, um, in the fourteenth round, I had two picks. Um, and I decided to go bolstering defense with both of them. This being a, a keeper league now, um, I was really hoping to catch some some late round gold. Uh, my first first pick in the 14th round, Moritz, rookie of the year, Cider. Very Phenomenal nice. pick. Um, I have countless people tell me they never saw it coming. I watched so many videos of him, and um, he's just an eye test monster. Yeah. Uh, I felt really, really good about it, and I rostered him all season long. Um, my other option in that round for a defenseman was Gudis, uh, being a bangers league. He was gone, so I went wrist aligning, trying to catch the other end of, of uh, spectrum stats there. Um, ultimately, I dropped him because the flyers are terrible. Um, Zegris was available in that round. Uh, admittedly, I didn't know really anything about Zegris. It wasn't on my radar at all, but uh, the the person who rostered him most of the season looked wonderful after that. Um, these are some throwaway picks. I had uh, one more goalie that I threw in there just in case anything happened. Uh, I wanted some volume available. Carter Hart in the 15th. Um, Timo Meyer went in the 15th round. Ah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I don't even know how to feel about that. Never saw it coming. Uh, yeah. My very last pick... And I thought I was a genius getting out at 187 overall with this player. Um, I mentioned it before. I, I now hate his face, and I think he's horrible, and I don't recommend anyone picking him up. It was Alexis Lafreniere. Um, 163 ADP, 134 preseason. I got him at 187, and his ultimate return, 423rd. Also available in that round for you zero Gers, Sergei Bobrovsky. Jerry and the beautiful Jake Otter. So Tristan Jari, man, had a fantastic fantasy year. Yeah. Yeah. So did Otter. That he was like zero G prime prime candidate. And that's the sixteenth round, folks. Play your zero G and let it go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, I I mean there there's a there's a lot of things I like in the draft in in your draft there's 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 a few picks that are that were tough but like that's just what happens you know like like again we talk about luck um there's a, there's a, there's a lot of luck involved and and like when you, when you talk about the guys that you missed on late in the draft like Chris Kreider like no one saw him coming like yeah. no one no one saw him coming even close to what he was doing um and yeah I mean Timo Meyer as well. Like I, I think um, he's had really good underlying numbers for a long time, but like uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to turn into production. Um, but I, I know that I know that there were some some advanced stats people. He was a guy that I targeted but never ended up getting. Um, so uh, I mean, hard to hard to get too upset about about missing on on those guys. Yeah, I really like the most cider pick though. Yeah, that's that that's, that's so awesome, especially in a keeper league. That's that's amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a big, big emphasis for me to um, try and get some defensemen really late so I could keep that value for the next year. Um, I was eyeballing Bowen Byram with those, those last two rounds, Carter Hart and Lafreniere um, to, to hopefully stack a 14th and a 16th round keeper and just be able to, you know, just eat up early round picks as other people don't have them for the coming years. Um, ultimately I, I dropped, um, I think Lafreniere in the first week and picked up Byram and it worked beautifully until he, he banged his brain or his brain around. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of banking on it going forward. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to keep two low players again. Um, but cider is definitely a keeper that's going to feed me for years and years. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I think, I think this draft is really interesting because obviously you've got the, the first and the fourth round goalies, which is something I would never advise anyone to do. Um, and then you had some like true duds like Barry in the fifth and Dvorak in the ninth. But you also like sprinkled in some like massive hits too, like Nylander in the eighth is a smash, D'Angelo mm-hmm. in the eleventh is a smash, and then Cider in the fourteenth is like just terrific value. So I think this is a really interesting draft. I think like you atoned for your sins uh, really well <laughs> <laughs> with with your player picks. And as you alluded to, I think you uh, made some moves later on that were able to kind of mitigate some of your losses as well. Um, and I know we can we can all do the, uh, oh, if I had only picked this guy in that round, uh, we can all do that with every single pick every single year because it's pretty rare that you actually pick the best player at your draft slot every single time. Uh, or even once in the course of your entire draft, but the but the key is to uh, is to not get totally burned early and uh, and really set yourself back too far, and then to recognize when to pivot when when uh, some of these picks aren't working out like a barrier or a Dvorak. So um, yeah, I think that's an interesting draft and uh, definitely lots to be learned from it. And I'm glad to hear that you've uh, officially converted and we'll, uh, we'll do the uh, in- inducting ceremony this summer sometime and uh, you'll get your t-shirt in the mail. It felt so good too. There were like five weeks this year where I was just absolutely dominant in five categories and come, come playoff time, it just it just skidded to a halt and I had, you know, a good enough team to make up for it. But had I had the ability to stream goalies and not have to, you know, start my studs at goalie mm-hmm. per se, um, I would have been in much better shape. So I uh, I tested the theory, Nate. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that's all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. Make sure you find your way into the Apples and Genos Discord server. It'll be in the show description. It's really the best way to get any kind of fantasy hockey information. Somebody in there knows exactly what you're trying to get, um, and they'll help you get there. So get yourself in there. Make sure you holler at us. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Binklemania. For Binksy at just Josh and 41 for Hutch and at Apple's Genos for me. And that's it, folks. Much love. Have a good one. Good night, world.
Oh, Nate's gone. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>